seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. All power to the people is the Bro Listen Podcast. But this time, it's Bro Listen to my story. The journey that we're going to take together will be exponential to your life. Peace. What's up, Bro Nation? We back at it again. Um, actually, we back at it for the first time. Uh, this is uh, something very special. Um, I decided to go ahead and do it. Uh, this portion of Bro Listen is going to be a little bit different. You're not going to hear Tank or Bria or me on this one going back and forth talking about different issues and how much we hate Trump. That'll be Saturday at 6 p.m., so check it out. But what you are going to hear this time is the story of a young lady named Carrie and her journey as a mother, as a friend, as a companion, as just somebody in life. And maybe if you're going through a struggle or you have something going on, it'll inspire you or whatever. So, bro, listen to my story is what I'm going to call these little sections of the podcast. You don't even have to subscribe to nothing different. You subscribe to Bro Listen and you already subscribe to Bro Listen too. So, you know, it's going to be real good. It's going to be real cool as usual. And um, yeah, man, I'm just hoping that you guys like this and dig it. Let me know down in the comment section. Just let me know how y'all feel and let Carrie know um, that, you know, y'all appreciate her expressing herself and stuff like that. Remember, we just all here trying to heal and get better together, man. You know what I'm saying? We had the mental health issue uh, episode um maybe that was episode eight yeah and we had a little audio difficulties and stuff but you can still check it out on the youtube and that was all that was a good hit so y'all just make sure man y'all you know just know man you're not alone your journey not alone you never know what somebody experienced and um this young lady is a real 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 sweet young lady and um her journey is crazy so yeah carrie how you feel man um i'm feeling pretty good today i'm a little nervous about this but i'm gonna give it my all there it is y'all here bro nation she here for y'all man y'all 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 give her some hugs through the radio or whatever yes. give her some love through the radio to embrace her man because um she she is a little nervous you can see it on her face <laughs> um i know carrie from bottoms up too too and um we worked there together. Um, I cleaned the poles and she sell liquor at the bar. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, so I know her from bottoms up. And she's usually very um, outspoken and upfront with me, at least. So, you know, that's just one of those things that, you know, you get on the radio or you get on TV or whatever, you get nervous. But this podcast, man, ain't nobody listening but, like, six people. It's fine. <laughs> or 600, whatever. Appreciate y'all, Bro Nation. But, Carrie, man, um... You want to just uh, tell everybody about yourself a little bit before we get into it? Um, how old are you and where are you from? All right. Well, my name's Carrie, obviously. I'm 27. I was raised in North Carolina and I'm living here in Jacksonville, Florida now. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's good. She just looked at me, y'all, and was like, that's that good. good. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that's good. Yeah, she's from North Carolina, man, so she's a Carolina girl. Um, and yeah, she made her way down here to Jacksonville and we're going to find out how. So, um, yeah, you 27, you from North Carolina, man. That's where you grew up. How was it, man? How was it growing up in North Carolina? Growing up in North Carolina was amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, it was, it was so good. It was, it was, it was just like, like what you think Carolina country would be like the parties on the dirt roads, right. um, going fishing every other weekend, midnight fishing on the river, um breaking into school and doing pranks all kinds of things like that going bail hopping out in the cotton fields 
all sorts of things. You know what? When you describe that, it, it sounds almost like uh, uh, we were talking about country music before the yeah. show. It almost sounds yeah, like a country right? music video, right? Yeah, like, that's why I relate so well to '90s country because that's how I that grew was your up. life, right? That, that's exactly how I grew so up. So you would say you would say like growing up and everything, you you really enjoyed your childhood. It was cool. Yeah, I really did. I mean, I had good friends. Um, I lettered in academics at high school. Um, I did color guard. I did a lot of um, student activities. I, w- I was very intelligent in school. Um, I was working at a church group. I mean, I was very engaged in my childhood. You feel like you was on your way to being a little Southern Belle? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I know a few of those. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So, yeah, man. So, um, where did you live with your mom and dad or yeah i live with my mom and my stepdad okay um, cool. my stepdad's been in my life since i was like three or four so he's pretty much all i can remember so he's like a dad figure yeah. to you yeah yeah a lot of love from them or yeah yeah i talk, i actually just talked to both of them today they're both doing pretty good they're keeping it um they're just living their life together living my best life yeah, they've um, been married 30 35 years now nice nice um did they did you 25 tell them, i'm sorry 25 years don't do it I, I was about to say they might listen to this um mm-hmm. did you tell them you was coming on the show nope oh <laughs> no nope. nah, so they showed you much love then so it was yeah. it was all good so it seems like you know growing up and everything you know it seemed like you had it pretty good or whatever so that's that's what's up um you know a lot of people I feel like they have a hard childhood and that steers them in certain directions or whatever. But I think a lot of people don't realize, man, you can have a good childhood and, you know, life still throw you curveballs from time to time, Mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, that's good that you did have a good um, childhood. So um, when did you first venture out on your own and leave North Carolina? I left North Carolina when my daughter was three months old. That was in... um, no, she was five months. I'm sorry. That was in March of 2014. Right. That's when I left North Carolina. I um. So when you left, when you left North Carolina with your daughter, did you leave with her dad? No, actually, I was engaged to her father. Right. But I ended up calling the cops on him and putting him in jail, which led to prison. Because he was molesting his stepdaughter. Wow. So we're going to get to that, bro, nation, in just a little bit. Um, so y'all, y'all, everybody that just heard that and was like, oh, wait a minute. So everybody is coming. So we're going to get to that or whatever. But so your daughter, um, when you met her father, where did y'all meet at? We met at Lowe's. Lowe's. <laughs> yeah. I was a sales specialist and he was a contractor. Okay, cool. So he would just come in there every day. Right. Buying stuff, getting stuff like flooring, that. getting everything he needed. And that's how that's how we initially met. Right. Then we saw each other at a gas station one day and it was pretty much like. I feel like that's such a North Carolina company to work for. for. It really Lowe's. is. I just see Lowe's, Jimmy it really Johnson. Is. It, re- <laughs> it really is, right? Jimmy Johnson, shout yeah, out. Um, but we didn't even have a Home Depot in the city where I come from. Right. Um, and I loved my, I loved working at Lowe's. It was amazing. That's really, good, man. You really That's respect a- yourself when you work and, at Lowe's. And so you just, you working there and he's just coming in every day. He see your pretty smile mm-hmm. and he's just like, hey, what's up, Carrie? And then you say, y'all seeing each other at the gas station, y'all hit it off. Yep. That's see, Burn Nation, you never know where you're going to meet somebody or whatever mm-hmm. or what's going to happen or how it goes or whatever. So you met him, y'all hit it off. Um, how long into y'all relationship before you were pregnant with your daughter? 
Uh, maybe eight months. Eight sure. months. Yeah, that's cool. Not not too long. That's but, cool. But how did he take that? Like when you was like, I'm pregnant, or how did y'all take that as a as a couple as a group? Okay. Um. Well, that morning, I had taken a sip of coffee and ran out the front door to go throw up across the porch. Ooh. And I was like, Oh my God, I must have the flu. <laughs> so, so like my mind just kept staying on that all right. day. So I ended up taking some pregnancy tests. They all said yes. And I, I immediately started crying because I was in shock and I was like, Oh my goodness, I have a baby in my belly. What am I going to do? Right. And how oh old are you? Were, how I old was 21. 21. So I called my mom and my dad and they were going through a drive through and they were so excited. And I called the father and got him to rush home. And when I told him that I was pregnant, he said, I want a second opinion. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. How did that make you feel, man? I ended up sitting outside on the front porch all night crying. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's yeah, it can be like that because you yeah. you instantly feel like the person who you you know who you did this with has no emotional Right. No connection to you. Right. There was nothing there. There was no happiness. There was no sadness. It was just like empty. Yeah, like I don't want you to tell me that. I want a doctor to tell me that you're right. pregnant. And it was it was just ridiculous for me to comprehend that. He said he wants a second opinion on the fact that I'm pregnant. So up until that point, when when he said, you know, like, oh, I want a second opinion, and just was like with that empty response, had y'all relationship been very loving or was oh, it? Oh, it was it was great. It was great. It was great. We were. Do you think your daughter changed that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me getting pregnant changed everything. Yeah, and that happens. That happens. Let me slide that up a little bit. That happens. A, that happens. A a lot i think with people like yeah. people think that a kid or a baby is something that could fix a relationship or they think it's something that won't bother a relationship mm -hmm. but it's a very difficult undertaking you know i told you my daughter's 11 right or whatever it's a very difficult undertaking and i think a lot of times you need that right. that support system especially from the other person you know what i mean so it definitely can change yeah, the do. dynamic especially when you don't know what you're doing and you're scared right and like I, you, need, I, you need that support and i think as men sometimes we have to realize that like you know that's a huge undertaking for women you know what i mean like yeah. you said you were thinking about how it's something inside you yeah you know what I, I mean imagine just like i mean let me put it blatantly like go piss on a stick and it tells you whether or not you got a human inside your stomach right like that's a, a a whole new world when it says positive right right yeah it's 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 definitely something that you definitely would want that support system on that particular part of your life journey you know and i i can feel like how you and understand how you feel about that you know and just feeling empty and lost or whatever but you said up until that point it was good or whatever yeah everything was great so did y'all make the decision to leave North Carolina before or after your daughter was born? Um, the thought never crossed my mind. Really? Ever. I thought everything was going to be pitch perfect. Um, I thought he was going to be a great and loving father. I thought we were going to end up together, like stay together the way every fairy tale and every yeah, woman's head yeah. plays out. Um, and then real life hit as I started – Going through my trimesters and pregnancy, uh, I don't know if it was just the time I spent in the house or if it was mother's instinct kicking in, but I just started picking up on some clues that just weren't right between him and his stepdaughter. 
Um, right, and 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 you had, a, and that's something we haven't brought up yet. So you, did, he already had a daughter. How old was his daughter? Um, at or, that or, time, she was. When we got together, she was 14 turning 15. And this is his biological daughter? No, his stepdaughter. His stepdaughter. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he was previously married or? Yes. Okay. But he still had a relationship going on with his stepdaughter even mm -hmm. after they got divorced? Yes, because he had basically raised the girl since right. she was three. So he was like, yo, this is like my daughter. I've right. been there since she was three. She ain't mine, but I love her. Right. And going into the relationship, I'm assuming you thought that was very admirable. I thought it was. I thought it was great that he loved his stepdaughter. I thought it was great that um, him and his ex had split up and he was still taking a stance to take care of that girl Absolutely. and see her. I thought it was great. Absolutely. And so you, you said your, your mother's intuition, you start noticing something that just didn't seem right with him and his stepdaughter's relationship. What, what were some of those things that you noticed? Um, I noticed like if he, if he took her home, it would take longer than expected. Mm. Um, he had said him and his stepdaughter had both told me like back in the past, they would take these trips to hotels to go swimming, you know, daddy daughter night, stuff like that. And I noticed those started becoming more often. Mm. Um, I started noticing that he would only have sex with me when his stepdaughter was in the house. So you picked up on that. Right. I found a pair of panties that weren't mine in the laundry basket. They were his stepdaughters. And you immediately didn't think they were another woman's because they were too small. Right. So you started noticing. So did you did you approach him or question him about this? Yeah, actually, I did. Um, a few times I told him that I did. It was more of like an ongoing argument that I felt like I was bringing up this conspiracy that wasn't even right. worth you talking felt like he about. Was crazy. Right. I was in therapy like three times a week. Um, I was on antidepressants while I was pregnant. Um, and yeah, I confronted him. I was like, look, I don't know what's going on, but something between you and autumn is not right. And I remember begging him to just tell me what it is that I can't stop thinking of even though I have no idea what, what it, it is. is. And he would just keep denying it, keep denying it, keep denying it. And I truly loved this man with every ounce of my being. Absolutely. Like, and he's the father of your child at this point. Right. But it, it was still a love like I never felt before. I didn't even find other men attractive. Right. And Broad Nation, like, I'm pretty sure we've all been in love like that right yeah it's that, that it's that one. first love man yeah right? yeah for sure for sure right. we've all we've all been there whatever mm -hmm. so and you were just trying to figure out like what is this like right. what 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 what's going on why am i thinking like this and i'm assuming he made you feel i don't know he made you feel like you're crazy yeah yeah that's yeah. why i was going to therapy three times a week i was trying to become better friends with the stepdaughter just thinking that like maybe my parent maybe i was paranoid and maybe it had slipped onto her maybe she felt some kind of way maybe i throw some shade her way right. i don't know but i was still trying to make everything a perfect family because i didn't know if something was going on or not and here i was pregnant at 21. right so you're so you're pregnant you're uh, you're you're having your intuition about this going on back and forth. He's like, Carrie, you crazy. You need to chill out. Right. And what did the stepdaughter say? Did you ask her or you just asked him? Yeah, I'd asked her a few things because she had gotten 
she got involved in Snapchat. She got in trouble on Snapchat. Mm. Um, she was talking to some boys at school. Y'all better was, monitor y'all kids' social medias. Go ahead, you, Carrie. You ain't lying. <laughs> um, and she was starting to like really reach out, but she was getting a little aggressive with the with the boys. Mm-hmm. And she was like fourteen, going on fifteen. So they you were didn't s- think she was just a little hot mama, right? Right. Right. But I had asked her if anything was going on between her and her father, stepfather. And she denied everything. She denied everything. She was even talking to a man on Snapchat that was the same age as her father. And I even brought up that relationship, like that relation right. of age. And, and she still denied everything. Right. Yeah. And right. She, she still denied it. So at this best guess, I'm assuming that you just figured, well, maybe I'm just wrong. Right. And so y'all packed up and y'all left North Carolina? No. I um, had my daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, three months after she was born, I don't, I don't know if I had grown closer to the stepdaughter or if maybe my daughter and her had some connection, but one day we were in the kitchen, she was getting something out of the refrigerator and I just, I don't know what happened. Something just came over me and I just asked her, Hey, are you and your father having sex? And I looked a different way. And when I looked back, she was looking at me in tears, shaking her head. Yes. Wow. So I called my daughter's father. I got him over to the house. Things got really crazy really fast. And he was locked up the next day. So so when you confronted him, you called him. Did you tell him yeah. when he was on the phone or did you wait till he got there? Oh, I, I went I went off as soon as he answered the phone. He answered the phone. Yeah. So when he got there and and clearly he's already mad or whatever. How did that confrontation it, go? I know you said it got heated. How did it go? It see, was, he didn't. He didn't even get mad. Oh, really? like he confessed to everything. I got mad. Of course, of course. I got. I got Much, really I'm pretty sure, mad. I'm pretty sure some people out there listening right now. Yeah, mad, right? yeah, yeah. There was some jars of spaghetti sauce that went flying across the room that night. Um, you just—it was just unbelievable to yeah, you, even it, though you had the intuition. Right. But it was still like this. I loved you so much. I gave you chances when I asked you if there was something going on. Had had she hit on you? Had something happened? Like, what was going on? Like, all kinds of possibilities were running through my mind. And if I stepped to you and I asked you what was going on while I'm carrying your child and you lied to me and you lied to me and you lied to me, not to mention an hour after our daughter was born, he left the hospital to go get his stepdaughter for four days. Mm-hmm. Right. So you pretty much the way I was thinking that night is my pregnancy was ruined emotionally because of your lie. Right. So I just I lost it. Did you feel like this inappropriate, unhealthy relationship, of course, with his stepdaughter? Do you feel like? The pain was more for you because did you feel like it superseded your love? You and his relationship? Did you feel like he was in love with his stepdaughter? Or do you feel like he was just using her as like a sexual pedophile? I feel like he was in love with her. Yeah. What what gave you that? What make you feel like that? Like uh, The way that he would describe like if he could have the most perfect woman ever and would describe it, he described Autumn. Wow. Um. Just all kinds of things when she called he light up yeah light yeah. up if she wanted something he was there like so even you, to extremes you're 
the mother of his child, his real child, his biological child, yeah. and from your your journey and what your experience with him, his lover, his friend, his everything, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, to him, that can only be a stepdaughter. So you feel like maybe you were just a placeholder because society would want him. Yeah, that's yeah. It, pretty much exactly how I felt. He was using you actually. because that's what was appropriate. Yeah, uh, um, at one time, and this is something that I called out to him as well. We had gone shopping, and he had bought me some panties that look that looked like her style. Wow! And he had gotten her some panties that looked like my style. Meanwhile, he got her to wear my clothes and got her to dye her hair the same color my hair was. Wow. So, yeah, he definitely was super obsessed or whatever. So, yeah. y'all had this heated exchange. Did it get violent? Did it get physical? Besides yeah. your spaghetti sauce throwing? Yeah, yeah I, w- I was the violent one. You were the violent one. You know yeah. what, though? Bruh Nation, we all going to stand with Carrie on this one. Whoop <laughs> yeah. his ass. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I, it got Beat pretty bad Beat the shit out night. of him, Carrie. We going to stand did. with you on that one. So, yeah. don't, don't, don't feel bad because, Bruh Nation, we all, you know, we talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Y'all know this show Wide Open, man, when... Um, me and Tank and Bria on here on the on round table and you know I don't know what I would do in that situation like I, I, I really you don't, don't react like you think you are it's right. like it's like a whole nother it's like a color takes over your mind mm-hmm. and your body just starts acting without reacting it's like your your emotions just flood through your body and your body takes over your mind's not even there wow yeah i've never been in that situation i do know someone personally who has experienced their child being molested or whatever and the part and the child is very close to me and i know i was hurt and i was angry and i was like i wanted to kill the person but they were so far away yeah that i know i couldn't reach them so my anger couldn't go anywhere i just had to cry you know what i mean yeah. so um the fact that you had to deal with that right there and it's so many different layers to that because like He's your freaking, basically your husband because right. he's your boyfriend. Right. He's the mother, I mean, the father of your child and just, there's a lot of stuff to he deal with. He was actually with. my fiance at that time. Oh, and your fiance. And see, that's, right. it's just a lot to deal with. So, um. Which he got the step, he got my ring for his stepdaughter. Wow. But gave it to me. So, how did his stepdaughter feel after all of it came? You say she was crying and she said, yes. Yeah. So clearly it had been something she'd been holding in for all these years. Because right. when did you say that he started molesting her? When she was nine. Nine years old. So this had been going on for years. Mm-hmm. Years. So she started off as a nine-year-old not really knowing what was right and wrong. Right. And it morphed into something where he took advantage of her. Exactly. Clearly. So does she resent you for this or does she love him? How do you think? You tell me. I'm I'm um, sorry. I'm overstepping. That's fine. Um, I'm the one that told her mother and her grandmother. Um, and I think, I think that they completely believe that my ex took advantage of her. And I completely think with what, without a shadow of a doubt that he crossed his boundaries so far he was the adult in any situation that happened between them he should have had the the audacity to stop what was ever going on um or fix the fix the situation something just to do something other than what he did i don't don't know what could have happened but just something other than continuing to hurt this girl and i think i don't know exactly what happened when it started there's a few different stories that i've been told but i think that throughout 
the years of this happening that she pretty much got conditioned to it. Yeah. And yeah. he would buy her presents, very expensive presents, name brand presents all the time. And she's a child. And she's a child. So she wants it to continue, right. not the sexual abuse, but definitely the presents presence. and stuff like right. that. And she also had the a mind of pretty much somebody a few years younger than her. Right. Um, so I don't know if being molested has something to do with that, but I do know that she I mean, couldn't make yeah. decisions. We're not normally. doctors. I don't know, but I know that if you start sexually abusing a child when they're nine years old, they ain't going to be fucking right. Right. When they 14, yeah, you know what I mean? At that point, a 14 year old, I couldn't imagine, you know, she's had sex with her stepfather for years or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, there's 14 year olds who hasn't even kissed a boy yet. Right. You know, and and clearly it had gotten really inappropriate, yeah. really, really inappropriate. So you said you you called the cops on him or what? How did it go with him getting arrested? OK, well, I took the stepdaughter home to her mother and her grandmother with my daughter. I grabbed my daughter, brought right. her with me. I told the um, her mom and her grandmother everything that was going on. I asked them to give me uh, 24 hours and call the cops. Um, so I went back home. I dropped Allie off at a babysitter, um, somebody that I'd grown up, grown up with my whole entire life. Um, she was like a sister to me. Her husband was. And Allie is to the Brown Nation. Who's Allie? Allie is my daughter. She's so special and cute, y'all. Yeah, yeah, she is. So, okay. I just um, want to let them know because we had said you had a daughter, but we hadn't said her name yet. Okay. So. Yeah. Well, her so, name is Allie. Right. Um, I dropped her off at a dear friend's of mine. Um, her husband was, uh, a deputy so I really trusted her being there and I went back to the house that's when things started to get a little violent I mean, um, whoop his ass, though. Yeah, I, I did. You got to go, listen, not on this <laughs> I mean, podcast. I mean, yeah. Like, whoop right, his ass, though. Whoop his ass. Him, I fucked him up that night. I really did. Um, did he just take it? Yeah. Because uh, yeah. you think at that point he felt like, I'm a fucking idiot and I deserved it. Yeah, he did. He took it all for hours. Yeah. Um, he, But he did stay awake in the living room because he thought I was going to kill, kill him. him. Yeah. Yeah. But did you think about it? Yep. Yeah. But I have this. He's still alive, y'all. Please don't. Yeah, he's still <laughs> alive. I promise. He got arrested the next day. I promise. Um, but is he still serving time now? Yeah. So, so he went to court, and clearly he was charged with what was he charged with? Um, I know that he was charged with sexual, uh, sexual assault. To. Uh, I'm not sure how they called it, but it was pretty much like a child underneath a parent right. without him being a parent. Um, I, and I'm, I'm honestly, I can't even remember what he so was. So how long? What else. But he got 62 months. 62 months. Yep. He gets out next year. Wow. And because this happened when when the whole blow up happened. That was in 2014. January 2014, y'all. And this man got 62 months. He's been having inappropriate, sexually abusive relationship with his stepdaughter for years. Oh, and that's not even the worst part. Continue. Um, when Allie was born, mm -hmm. he tried to get me to have sex in front of Allie. Wow. And it, it didn't happen. But there was one night that I left him home alone with um, my daughter and his stepdaughter. I went to go get pizza. Mm -hmm. maybe 15 minutes down the road and I came back apparently they had uh he had molested her while I was gone your daughter no the oh, stepdaughter step I'm sorry but had my daughter propped up in a chair watching in her car seat 
And how old was your daughter at the time? Three months old. So clearly this man had a sick fetish. Like this man is, he's mentally unstable. Yeah. And you know, Brenation, we're going to get back to Carrie's story in a minute here. I just want to say something, y'all. As I'm sitting here and talking to Carrie, and I just want to thank her again for letting me experience this with you and, you know, be, I'm here for you, dog. You know what I'm saying? And get this off her chest because uh, she told me she hasn't told anybody but the, the, the actual police this story. So y'all are really, she's really opening up to y'all. So y'all thank her in the comments and just show her love. But y'all, this man is, how old was this man? He was 31. This man is 31 years old. So now 2014. So he's 34 years old. And he ruined this woman's life. Not not just Carrie, but like I'm talking about the woman that his stepdaughter will become. And he got yeah. 62 months. Y'all, we got to do something about the justice system, y'all. Right. We got to do something about the justice system. We talk about that all the time on this podcast. We right. got to. That's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. We can go into a whole nother tirade on that. And um. Um, actually on the standard issue version of Brothers and on Brothers and the standard podcast, we are going to have a human trafficking episode, um, talking about that, but it's not human trafficking, but it's just as bad, man. Y'all, we got to do something about that. So, but Carrie, man, like I said, man, thank you. You're really, no problem. you, you being real strong right now. I appreciate you. Thanks. It's real dope. And, um, I'm pretty sure everybody out there listening, appreciate you. And like, it's real dope to them. Not that your story is dope. Right. But the, but you opening up and sharing your experience is dope. And hey, y'all, if y'all out there, man, and you getting abused or sexually molested or whatever, man, go to somebody, man. Get some help, Please. man. Please, man. Don't don't just. That's a lot of pain to hold inside, man. Everybody done been through something, and you never know what you're going through, man. So y'all, whoo, y'all go out there and y'all ask for help, man. But uh, yeah. So Carrie, y'all. So this dude in jail, he go to jail, he get charged or whatever. So. You say the family, his mother and them, they don't resent you because they feel like he did it and it was wrong. Right. I um, um, made him call his side of the family that night and, and tell them. Tell them, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so clearly you had a good relationship with them still because you moved to Louisiana. Yeah. With his mom. Yes. Right. So tell me a little bit about that. How was she as a person? Um, She was a little different. Right. She what was, part of Louisiana? Um, Kinder. Candor, Louisiana. Shout out to all y'all out there in Candor, Louisiana. I don't think we have any Louisiana listeners, but if we do, shout out to y'all. Say, say, bon. But, um. Say, I love you, Shy. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) And also, um, Carrie said y'all a little different. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Y'all strange down in the bayou. But I love them. (laughs) And they can cook. Boy, they can cook. Yeah, we do enjoy some food, Mm y'all. So, yeah. So, so you got down there, um, how long after you... Uh, called the police and all this fallout how long after that did you move with um, her right about two months later 10 months okay two, two months okay. two months yeah it was two right months. around my birthday in march i uh left north carolina went to go visit um some family for like two weeks and then went to louisiana and moved in with his mom um there was job opportunities down there uh, great, great pay. I was, I was getting paid great down there. I was. Where were you working at? I was working at Cachada. Oh. I was a table games dealer. That's right. My dog was throwing yes. them cards. Yes. Oh yeah. All everybody out there in Bro Nation. Um, what, what, what were you dealing? What game? 
uh, blackjack and roulette. Ooh, I know you niggas thought she was gonna say spades. Mm mm mm. We didn't have that. We no, we didn't have that game black, at my casino. Black people love spades, Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> but blackjack and roulette. And I know earlier you told me you yeah. loved that. Oh, I love I loved dealing cards. It was it was amazing for me. I loved my job. I was happy. I was getting paid great. Uh, my job came with the routine. The benefits were amazing. I was taking care of everything by myself. Um, I was paying the bills by myself. I was paying the babysitter by myself. The food, the house was stocked with food all the time. We had savings accounts. We had, we didn't need for anything. And you just felt super independent. Right. And it was So it was at this great. point, it's you, your ex's mom, and your daughter. Um, for the first uh, probably two months that I moved down there. Right. Yeah. Until um, I got through the blackjack school. And then officially became employed with Cachada. Right. Then I moved out on my own. Okay, so where did you move to? Uh, same place. Same Kander place. just got just my own place. Own place. Cool, right. cool, cool. So how long did you stay down in Kander with her? Um, I want to say I stayed down there about a year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah, and then I slid over to Mississippi for about a year. Crooked letter, crooked letter, I. Crooked letter yeah. I. So yeah. So what made you go to Mississippi? Because uh, a lot of people don't move to Mississippi, Carrie. Really? No. <laughs> I, can, I can see why. Yeah. I understand why. <laughs> what, what part of Mississippi? Uh, I lived in Ocean Springs, but I worked in Biloxi. Biloxi, Mississippi. Yes. Yeah. And that, that was, whew. And you were, you were dealing cars in Mississippi too? Yeah. Yeah, I was working at Harris out there. I met a really special guy, real great guy. Um, we moved in together um things were great between us but they they didn't last and it was it wasn't nothing that he did it wasn't nothing I did we just weren't right for each other at that time now do you think that after all that you had been through do you think you've do you think you were healed enough at that no. point to be in a relationship so no. you think that's what the problem yeah. was I think I took it way too fast and uh moving in with another man that freaked me out like I didn't feel like anything was mine Right. And I think I think I just took things a little too fast with them. Did you still feel vulnerable? Did you still feel like did you still not trust? Because I know what your what um, your ex I know that's no trust after yeah, that. Yeah, that's absolutely we've established not. that once you found out that what your inkling, your intuition was true, that your trust break down. Right. Did you, so did you still feel like I don't trust this? I, f I felt like I could, but I think I think that was just like the the beginning feelings. But once I really got with him, and there was nothing that he did for me to not trust him. Right. But just from what I had been through, I think that I just like naturally started not trusting. Right. Um, right. But it didn't come until that relationship. And it was because of the journey that you had taken to that point. Yeah. Did you feel? How did you feel? Or how was he with your daughter? How did you feel with him around your daughter? Did you feel comfortable? Or? Um. Well, he wasn't. He was never alone with her. Right. Um. And at first I took it slow, like got them to meet up or got all three of us to meet, introduce them, see how things go, let him get to know her. And eventually um, he, he was a great, great role model for Allie. Um, he took great care of her. He took great care of me. Um, but I can't recall. You just couldn't. He wasn't alone with her. Right. And you just, and as you know, as y'all relationship, you just couldn't. Yeah. He wasn't ready yet. Yeah. And that, yeah. and that, he never bothered me with that. He was okay with that. He understood. He knew your story up to that point. You know, right. So yeah, that that's understandable. So in Mississippi, how long did you stay there before you moved back with your mom? Mm. 
gonna say I stayed there like a year and three months, maybe. Right. Yeah, I moved. Um, I called my mom in December of 2016, right around Christmas, and I mean, I missed them. I missed what I knew. I missed. Having, having my blood, video. yeah, that country music. I li- my parents live on a dirt road, right? Like that's just so what I'm used to. I miss the town where I where I grew up in and knowing where to go for everything you want. Um, I just missed having some form of identity around me. I really did, and I called my mom, and her and my sister came and got me in alley. And do you think? Going back to your mom, going back to North Carolina, do you think it gave you a sense of security that you didn't have at the time because of what you had been through? Yeah. And you just needed that? Yeah. That's cool. I just needed some people around that I knew had my back no matter what. And and they came and got you. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. So you moved back. How long did you stay with your mom? Um, All right. So I moved in with her like Christmas or the day after Christmas. And I ended up staying with her until May of 2017. So how was that relationship while you there? Yeah. Hold on. We uh, hold on one second. All right, y'all. We back. Um, <laughs> we took a little break. Uh, Carrie needed a moment. It's fine. Yeah. 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 Y'all I'm good. understand. I'm good. She good now. So good. y'all cool. So we were talking about your mom, and like you moved back with her. And what 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 that relationship was like? Uh, me and my mom love each other. Um, she raised me with my stepfather. Um, she worked a lot, so she really wasn't around. But I loved my mama. But we did have our differences. And moving back into her house was very stressful. Um, they really hadn't seen Alice or me since she was born. Since I left, um, it took it took a toll on me mentally to leave. Um, and I pretty much ran away. Right. I mean, that's pretty much what happened. I'm ashamed of it, but I did. I pretty much ran away. Didn't and talk to anybody. You ran away. You mean when you left? When I left and went to Louisiana. With, right. 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 Um, I just, I couldn't take everything that was going on. And when I came back, there was a lot of, a lot of anguish still left over from that. And right. me and my mom did bump heads, um, but nothing ever got violent or brutal. We didn't yell at each other, nothing like that. There's just a lot of tension there, um, which we've gotten through today. Right. Like, as of today, but we're good. at that time, it was just a lot of unspoken anger. Right. There was a lot of build-up resentment Walking around the on eggshells and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's just one of those things where it just was – it was just difficult because of the, the, the previous thing that had occurred. She yeah. came and got you, though. Yeah, she did. So she, she clearly loved her daughter. Yeah. Uh, so so do you feel like y'all relationship turned volatile at any point? or? Um, nah, not really volatile, but I just feel like. standoffish. Yeah, I feel like we got to a point to where I pushed her too far and she pushed me too far. Right. But we weren't going to blow up at each other. You know what I mean? Understandable. Understandable. So. Like we were both holding everything in. Right. And and neither one of y'all wanted to hurt each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. I think everybody's been there. Yeah. Or whatever. I'm, I may be in one of those situations right now. Um, that being said, though. um, So you you back. 
you living with your with your mom and your stepdad's there too? Yes. And um, how did your stepdad's relationship and you go after you got back? Oh, it was great. Um, it was like old times. I mean, my dad works. He's a he's been a painter his whole life. Um, he's a spitting image of Willie Nelson. Right. It just <laughs> looks just like Shout Willie, out Nelson. To Willie Nelson. Right. Like my dad is just my dad's just cool as hell, man. Like he's just a good person to chill with. He's a good person to relax with. He listens to good music. He likes to play pool. Like he's just, he's he's just a old Tom cat. Yeah, just a cool dude. Yeah, yeah, he's just a cool dude. So would you say your relationship with your stepdad was better than the one with your stepmom at the time? Just because of the oh, my animosity? Mother? Yeah. I mean, yeah, not your stepmom, I'm sorry, yeah. your mom. Yeah. Because of the animosity. Yeah. 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 I am yeah. I'm, I'm more like my dad. Yeah. So let's let's talk about Naya. Let's cause that's that's the next big moment yeah. in your life, right? So let's talk about this guy. So um not who is Naya? Naya is the reason I'm in Florida. Okay. I met Naya, and I'm going to go ahead and say this. Um, everything that I'm getting ready to talk about hurts. Right. Um, and it's not, it's not even the things that were done to me or the things that I was forced to do um, or the things that were forced upon me. It was the decisions that I made that led up to this. And I, I, I feel very ashamed, very guilty. And I know for some things I shouldn't. Um, but as you'll, as you'll hear in the story, you'll understand why I have some of these feelings. Um, I met Naya online on a dating site. And I started talking to this guy. Now, I lived in North Carolina. He lived in South Carolina. But it was like a three-hour drive. Right. Um, what what part of uh, South Carolina did he live in? He lived in Charleston. Charleston. Yeah. That's where I took my daughter to see the solar eclipse. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful in beautiful. Charleston. Beautiful. Um, so after a little while of talking to him, I agreed to go meet him for a weekend. In South Carolina? In South Carolina. Um. So how did he make you feel when you were talking to him? Because a lot of people are skeptical about online dating in general. Yeah, I was. So um, when, so with this guy, what made him? What made him the guy to make you feel comfortable enough to go check him out? Man, he was so intelligent. Yeah, he was. In, I mean, it was ridiculous. I felt like he was more intelligent than I am. Mm. Okay, and women, you you understand when you when you meet a man that makes you feel like that, you know, you know, there's some sparks flying. You think you think he got caught a good one, like right. you think he's got it. He's a smooth talker. He's a nice dresser. He looks nice. You're video chatting. You're talking every day. Things are going good. Yeah, he lived one state away, but it was a three hour drive. And I was like, okay, he was going to set me up in a hotel room for two days for Friday and Saturday. And did you, did you feel, um, at this point with your own healing and who you were, did you feel still vulnerable at this point? Yeah. So yeah. you feel like he might've taken advantage of that a little bit, even if he didn't know he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I was, I was on some medication at that time um to deal with the uh just depression some anxiety i was having just just trying to get my life life back in order and on some sort of routine and i think i think that i was really looking for some attention 
Um, right. And I was really looking to feel something um, for me and my daughter. I mean, that that's everybody's dream. Right. Like, you, feel you want that void. family. Right, yeah. And You want to feel whole. Right. Because you feel empty. Exactly. Because I know with my depression, when I experienced it, it's a, it's a hole. You feel mm-hmm. empty. You don't feel like a person. You feel... Right dark you feel lonely and you want to feel light and you want to feel like a whole piece of pie right and it gets to the point to where you don't even i mean depression can take a toll on you where it even takes like your gender identity away from you i mean i've been to the point i mean even now i'm going through it where i don't even feel like a woman most of the time you know what i mean and and it's that it's that the depression and the things that you've gone through and you you can't blame it on everybody else, but it's still things that have gone on in your life that just can really ruin the way that your brain connects with your body. Right. It, it really can. It really can, for sure. And it does. It leaves you empty. It leaves you with a loss of identity, with a loss of self, with like no, no feeling like you have no attention on you. Um, right. And, and as a woman... You want to feel something. And as a man, you want to feel something. So Naya just scooted on in here with his intelligence and his yeah. charm and clearly was a good-looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he scooted on in here, f- face chatting with you. What is it called? Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, FaceTime. Yeah. There you go. FaceTime. Y'all know I ain't got no iPhone. I'm an Android guy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, FaceTiming and y'all talking on a regular. and, and Shout he, out Google Duo. Yeah, Google Duo. Yeah. So he... he um. He's super smooth, making you feel good about yourself, feeling that hole of right. emptiness. And so, you, like you said, I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Are I just wanted fat? to let Bro Nation know like how you feel. Because right. we, we on this journey together. I'm pretty sure a lot of people out there listening right now, they are you right now. Yeah. They living through you right well, now. Well, look, man, I appreciate it because, I mean, I can sit here and I can tell you what happened. Right. But even still going through the feelings of what I was feeling at the time, that's the hardest thing to 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 come to terms with right right for sure for sure and and that's what we're here for man we're just here to talk to get to get to get healed man to do our thing i mean i ain't no psychiatrist or nothing like that but but you're a real person i'm a real person and so are you yeah and so was your life and so was your journey and so bro nation so is your life and so is your journey and that's why we're doing this or whatever that's why i'm doing bro listen too so yeah, so you saying that you guys were chit-chatting and doing y'all thing, and now he wants you to come see him in South Carolina. Right, and at first I was kind of hesitant about it, um, but the way he set it up was real nice. Um, me and my daughter were going to have a hotel for two days. Um, it was just going to be me and her actually sleeping in the hotel. In Charleston. And, yeah, in Charleston. And then we were going to spend some time with Naya during the day. And what um, year was this? This is this is May two thousand seventeen. Seventeen. So, guys, this is recently. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just gonna stay in the hotel. He gonna put you up in the hotel, and you and your little one, y'all, are just gonna go kick it with him. Right. And you like, oh, I get to meet this guy for real. Right. Face to face and experience him. Exactly. And I had some. I had some money in my pocket too. So it's not like I was. Right. Like gonna go there with absolutely nothing. Um. So I packed a few bag, a couple bags, some for me, some for Allie. Um, and he came and picked us up and we went to Charleston and we did go to a hotel room. Right. Take your time. Take your time. So two other women come into play. Okay. One's his wife legally. The other one is his wife by religion. Okay. 
So they come into play. Now this is at the hotel. Yes. This is when we get to the hotel. So you get to the hotel. When you get to the hotel, you so you and your daughter, what do y'all drive down there? No, nah, he came and picked us up. He came and picked you up from North yeah. Carolina. Okay, cool. Yeah, all right. So he come pick you up from North Carolina, drive your you and your daughter down there. Yep. And take y'all to the hotel. Yeah. He gets a hotel room. Okay. Uh, I'm with him. The hotel r- goes in my name. Right. Everything in mine. So I think it's legit. Right. We get to the hotel room and these two other women walk in. He introduces me to them. Not as what they are, but just, just who they are. Right. Their names. Right. And then Naya takes my daughter. Gives my daughter to his legal wife. And I started fighting. Right. Just immediately. Just It was just instinct. I didn't know what was going on. I know he took my daughter. He put her in another woman's arms. And he said, take her. And I just started fighting. And he threw me down. So you, at this point, I can, yeah. You, you've been through a lot. Yeah. All the way up until here. And now, here you are in this situation, in this room, in this hotel room, in South Carolina, in Charleston? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Charleston. And you're like, what the hell? Yeah. What what? What the hell? What did I get not myself today. into? Like, right. what? What am I doing? What is this? This is not what I expected. And so your instinct is, you fight. know, fight or flight, guys. That's the normal instinct. And yours was fight. Yeah. So you, you go to fight. And, and what happens? And he throws me down. Um, he throws me down on the bed. And then he throws me from the bed to the floor. The two girls go out with my daughter to another room, apparently, which so I found out later. So your daughter's out of your sight. She's yep. gone. Yep. I'm still fi- I get I get back up. I start fighting. He pushes me down the bed again, and he tells me that I owe him money. Say word. Yeah. And I I just I'm confused at this point. I'm I'm in shock. I'm freaking out about my daughter. And he told me, he said, he got real calm. Like, like this man was a smooth talker. Like, mm, this man was a smooth talker. So he gets, he gets real calm. I'm standing up. And he tells me my daughter is okay. She is safe. She is in another room in this hotel. Um, but that I owed him money. And I got confused. And I looked at him like I was confused. And he said, I drove to pick you up. I drove you back here, and I just paid for your hotel room. Unless you make that money up, you ain't getting out. Wow. So and what did I, you think after he said that? I had no idea what what was going on. Like, I didn't understand. What do you mean, make this money up? Like, I don't have that much money in my pocket. Right. I, got enough, I got enough money for, like, a food. hotel room and some food at a way back home, but I don't have all the gas money that you want, like... And just with my mind, I'm just like, uh-uh. You're just flustered. Yeah. Like, at this point, your daughter's missing. You just was in a physical altercation with a man. Right. He's throwing you down. He's talking crazy, talking about you owe him money. And two women are gone with your daughter. You don't even know where your daughter is at this point. So you can't even think straight. Right. Right. Um. Now, my bag was behind him. So it's not like I could just get to my phone. Right. Um. So he said he's going to take some pictures and post them. And I was like, what does that mean? He said, this is the deal. He said, I'm going to take some pictures of you. I'm going to post your ad on um, Backpage. And you're going to work the money off. If you want to leave, you can. Wow. 
Yeah. So basically, at this point, so when he said that, did you realize what was going on then? Yeah, so sort of. Um, I think at that point, right then, I thought I understood what was going on. Like I knew what he was talking about, but I really didn't realize it until everything started happening. Right. Did you fear for your life? I don't think at that right at that point. I, I think I was too like angry, and I think I was just too upset to right. even think about that adrenaline rush right You're still in fight or flight mode. yeah exactly so he takes your picture and he posts it and he's like yeah i'll put you on back page for you to work off your money right and it wasn't a naked picture or anything like that i was in some boy shorts and a t-shirt sitting down on the bed right um it wasn't nothing sexy it wasn't nothing out there nothing like that is but yeah he posted two pictures and he put his number and his, one of the girls' numbers attached to it. And that's how it started. And I fought him. I mean, I fought him hard that night. Um, but clients ended up coming. Yeah. And he got all the money that was made that night. And he stayed in my hotel room that night and wouldn't let me leave and did not give me back my daughter. So when all this is occurring and all this whirlwind of just turmoil and, and stuff, and he's he has your daughter in another room and he won't give her back. And then he posts your thing. And like you said, men eventually show up and, yeah. and come. Did he stay in the room and force you to do it or you just fear it so much at that point you're so scared which is completely understandable um okay well we had obviously i had argued with him a lot right like i'm for not a doing couple this. of hours right. like this was a couple of hours worth of arguments um he told me that he was going to show me how a bitch gets broken um he said that he was going to season me. And at this point, I did not know what that meant, ladies like and gentlemen, um, which is something you don't want to go through. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure a lot of us don't know what that means either. All right. Uh, being seasoned is technically your first walk through the trafficking and or prostitution world. Um, that's where you get your look straight, uh, your clothes straight and learn how to do jobs apparently right. that's that's what i got out of it right um there was no look really there was no clothes really um him and the other two girls mostly ran the phones and would send jobs up yeah so this guy who appeared at first as like some great guy yeah um, smooth talker and all that stuff. He's essentially kidnapped you and put you into sex trafficking. Yeah. And um, come to find out, he was has this off the wall religion. Um. That has been known for for trafficking girls, molesting children, um, trafficking children. Um, that's how they raise their own is pretty much uh you go out there you make the money you don't come back till you have the money and it's a religion yeah do you know what it's called yeah they're um nawabians 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 y'all um yeah there's a lot more to the religion a lot more to that religion um did he try to assimilate you into it 
Well, hold on, wait a second. We're yeah. still, we're still in this first. So after this first night of of, of abuse and kidnapping and yeah, uh, rape, because that's what yeah. it is, right? Yeah. After this, oh no, I, I brutally got raped that night. Yeah. So after that happens, what happens after that? Did, he didn't let you go. No. So you didn't make your money that night. So he's a fucking liar. Oh, oh, I made the money. But you, it ain't yours. He, yeah, he took it all. Um, after the money was made, and this is after a lot of arguing, I just didn't sit down and say, okay, I, I promise I didn't do anything like that. Um, he raped me, and he, he raped me hard, um, painfully. And that was when, like, this, this, this trance came over me where I knew, like, I just knew of course i'd just gotten raped and gone through all that but i knew something even worse was coming um but he was telling me my baby was safe and i was just, i was just trying to get back to her you just wanted your daughter to be okay right um so i ended up pass like legitly passing out um that night after everything like my body had been through i ended up passing out on the bed I woke up the next day and he was there and all the bags were packed. So he had already packed all y'all stuff and everything. Yeah. So the two women that came in the night before and my daughter were apparently already in the car downstairs. When he took my bags downstairs, he told me to stay in the room and he'd come back and get me. He didn't tell me anybody was in the car. He didn't tell me we were leaving, nothing like that. Did he tell you where your daughter was at no. the time? No. No, he wouldn't tell me. He just told me that they had her, like the girls had her, and that she was safe. Um, he takes me downstairs. He comes back up. He takes me downstairs. He says, we're leaving. And I get in the car. Uh, there's my daughter. Like, I immediately, I didn't cry in front of her, nothing like that. I just wow. immediately. You didn't cry. I've never cried in front of my daughter. Wow. Ever. So do you do you, do you realize how strong of a person that makes you? Like you, you, no, no. What what do you? Sometimes what do you, I think it's a little messed up. No, but I mean it, it's not it's not um, weak to cry at all, and it's not bad not to cry. Right. But do I? I'm pretty sure that you didn't cry in front of her because you wanted to show her strength. Yeah. Well, how, I, how old was she at that point? She was three. Three. Mm, so yeah, she's three. she's she's cognizant. Like yeah. It's not a baby we're talking about here. No. We're talking about a three-year-old that can and, talk. Yeah, and she she understands what's going on. Like she, this child really has a, a keen sense of what's going what's on going her on. surroundings. So did you not want to cry in front of her to scare? Her? You didn't want to scare. Her. Yeah, I think that because you were already had all the scared right for her. Yeah, right. Um, so you're in the so car. he takes us to another hotel in Charleston. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure which one. Um, I ended up handing over all the paperwork that I had or had saved or take pictures of, I ended up handing all that over. So I don't, I really don't know where it was. Um, I just know it was in Charleston. Um, and that lasted for a few weeks. So you were there at the hotel for a while, a different hotels, a few weeks. Oh, just jumping hotel. Jump, yeah. Um, I so was told, I told that was trafficking a game now. Yeah. So I told, I was told that jumping from hotel to hotel is a thing that traffickers will do to disorient you and confuse you about your whereabouts. That way you can't get comfortable. Right. 
And you, you know, I want you to understand that it's totally understandable to, that's me, it's totally understandable to all of us, you being disoriented and not knowing what's going on because, man, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I can't even imagine something like that happening. You know what I mean? So you've been kidnapped. You've been raped. You're, you're fear for your life. You fear for your daughter's life. So... I, and you've already been through a lot. Yeah. So journeying and, and trying to orient yourself or orientate yourself is got to be really difficult at that point. And so after the few weeks of the abuse and the, the, the trafficking and stuff like that and in these hotels, what happened next? Um. All right. So like the first week or two was pretty much... I th- I think like looking back on everything, I think what what he was trying to do is he was really trying to make me understand what breaking a bitch is all about. Um he the first couple weeks he would send so many people to my room that it would literally just make me pass out. I I couldn't be conscious. Right, conscious. Um and then he would come in and he would like forcefully force himself on me um to the point where i was passing out throwing up um fighting him but he always he 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 always like tried to tried to make me break down like he would try to make me um submissive mm-hmm. and i would always tell him no like i never gave in to that so that just allowed for more punishment and then he started bringing in these these audio tapes and these scrolls from his religion that he made me listen to all day long um which uh were very violent very very um what's the opposite submissive aggressive (laughs) i I guess very very they're Uh, very aggressive towards women um, um derogatory yeah they they really were um they were just it, it was safe to say his religion doesn't uh think women think of women on an equal level as a man no and man this shit honestly like like when i started seeing the 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 videos and hearing what his religion was all about honestly i swear to god the first thing that came to my mind was fucking isis Oh really? But this shit was crazy. I mean, a dude standing up in front of a TV, in front of a classroom of kids, screaming at them, like it was. Uh, I mean, just real intense. Yeah, it, it was intense. Um, now, not to mention that why the woman that he was legally married to—that's his first wife. The next woman was his second wife. Later on, I found out that I was meant to be his third wife. Do you think that he took those two women the same way that he took you? Or did you ever talk to them? Yeah. Um, did y'all have a type of relationship or how did mm, that go? It was it was hit and miss. Right. Um, we understood when we had to respect each other. We had to. Uh, but we still argued right. all the time. Um, I think one other girl possibly could have been introduced into it the same way I was. Uh, but I know his wife um she really married him like she uh i don't know if she ever did any jobs or 
if he ever made her do anything i i don't know i really don't but i know that she married him and she knew what he was about and you say the other girl she was introduced the same way i think so yeah Yeah. from what i got right out of her yeah so you guys have been journeying around the hotel to hotel this state this, to state state to state too so you guys are jumping yeah. you aren't in south carolina no more you're everywhere and to georgia back to south carolina eventually to florida and so okay so you get to florida and how long has this been going on by the time i got to florida almost nine weeks nine weeks yeah so a, a while yeah and Tell us about you liberating yourself and getting the hell up out of there. Um, well, nobody knew that me and my sister had a different father. Right. And her father lives in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Nobody knew about that. Um, we, I was in a hotel in Jacksonville. Um, and I was sleeping in a bed with my daughter at this point. I was getting alley at night, but not during the day. So they're trusting you more. Uh, or they're making me trust them more, one or the some, other. Or some kind of psychological mind game. Yeah. Right. Um, so I was sleeping with her. Um, Naya had came in and fell asleep in the other bed. When I woke up, my ID was gone. Mine and Allie's social security cards were gone. And mine and Allie's Medicaid cards were gone. And I knew something was about to happen. Right. Um, So I started throwing a fit with the door wide open, uh, causing a scene, getting attention. Ended up getting uh, like three or four housekeepers and a couple supervisors up there. And I grabbed Allie and ran. So you you just basically created a fucking diversion yeah, and got out and of there some Johnny Rand. Quest shit. Right. Yeah. So now I had hid some money from him. Uh not much. I think I had like eighty dollars. Um and I'd hid it. Everything else that I had, like um at this point I had kept a little bit of money that he had given me. Um but I had hid eighty of that away. The money was missing too. I had, think I had like three hundred dollars in my bag right um with my id and our cards and everything was gone except for the 80 dollars and i had my birth certificate in my bag um so i grabbed Allie, i grabbed the bag and i ran left everything Just else behind got the hell up out of there yeah ran so, to another hotel so you guys were in a place where it was hotels side yes. by side yes and so you ran to the hotel and what happened when you so you just went through the front door and was like help yeah, yeah. I, I started screaming help i talked to the gm i was like look i don't have my ids this is what just happened i'm trying to get me and my daughter into a safe place please help me please give me a room so i gave her my um my birth certificate and i gave her cash and she got me a room Allie was hungry <laughs> we didn't have no food so I ran across the street. There was a, I think it was a Publix, um, maybe. We ran across there really fast after we had done gotten the hotel room. Um, I watched out for a few minutes. Nobody was in the parking lot. Nobody. You think he's still dealing with this distraction at yeah, the time? Yeah, I don't know what was going on, but he wasn't there. But my daughter was crying because she was hungry. Right. So I ran across the street to Publix with Allie, um, got her something to eat. And came back. When I came back, Naya tried to run us over. 
So he saw you coming back from the public. Apparently, yeah. From the other hotel that was across the street or whatever. Yeah. And he tried to run you over with the car? Yeah. Because he knew the jig was up at this point. You done talked to somebody. Right. And he um, tried to hit you and your daughter with a car. Yeah. Wow. Um, he missed. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, not with my baby, no. So. So I went to the front desk, got somebody to escort me upstairs. That way there would be witnesses if anything happened. Um, because he's not somebody that likes witnesses. Of course. Now, mind you, I've seen him beat a woman in the face, uh, pistol whip a girl to where she was bloody and bruised. I've seen him do all kinds of stuff. But when it came to witnesses, nothing happened. Right. And so the violence that he was portraying on you guys was, was in the rooms, in the rooms. And it, it was physical de- violence, but he definitely intimidated you, too, because he clearly had a firearm. He had a gun. Yeah, he did. So you you guys know he wasn't fucking off. He right. wasn't playing. And it was it was a very strong, very strong man. Very strong man. Tall yeah. man, big yeah. man, yeah. Tall man, built. Yeah. Swelled up. So um, you get escorted up to the room, and what happens? And um, I've called the police by then. Like before, I went to Publix. I called the police. Right. Um, and nobody has showed up. You in Jacksonville? Yeah. Hold that story, kid. Good job, JSO. A woman calls you and tells you that, hey, I just escaped a sex trafficker. Please come help me. And you don't show up within 20 minutes. Another thing, JSO, five hours later. They finally came? Yeah. That's ridiculous. See, and this is not to cut you off, Carrie. Oh, go ahead. See, Bro Nation, this shit I'm talking about, man. This is what I'm talking about. Like, you put a bait car in Chicago full of shoes to try to trick little 18 year old kids to steal the shoes so you can put them in jail here's a serious real situation and it takes you five hours to get there i have no confidence in you at all law enforcement Mm -mm. period but this ain't about that we're gonna talk about this this weekend on bro listen because i'm gonna i'm really like on the verge of snapping right now but this ain't about that this about carrie's journey and we're here for her bro nation so we're gonna go back to that so Five hours it took the police to show up. Yeah. So when they finally arrived. When he finally arrived. So just one cop. Yeah. What happens? Um, so he goes and he talks to me. And I show him my daughter. I show him me. I show him the bruises on me. I tell him what's been going on, where I'm from, um, that I, I just I, I want to go home. Like, I'm trying to get away from this man. This is what this man has done. This is what this man's done to me. Um. And he says, hold on, I'll be right back. And he goes and talks to Naya. So Naya tells them some story that was not true. So he goes, so where was Naya at the time of? Downstairs where he had parked. Waiting. um, After he tried to run me in an alley over, he parked right there. It's where he could see the hotel room door. To see you coming in and out. Right. Okay. So, So the officer goes downstairs and talks to Naya. He tells them some story that's not true. The officer comes back and he says, if you don't get out of my face, I'm taking you to jail. That's what he told me. That's what the JSO officer said. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He cursed at me. Um, He called me a few things. He called me a few things. Um, I was dressed normal. I wasn't dressed slutty or anything like that. Um, I was crying. I was upset and he wouldn't do anything for me. Wow. 
And he did make Nia leave. But that was it. That's it. That was it. So after you got done talking to this scumbag, referring to the officer, what did you do next? I went inside and locked the door. I called my mom by this point crying. And she, thank God Facebook, got in touch with her ex-husband who she has not talked to in forever almost 35 years right like since since my sister's pretty much been alive um i got her to get in contact with him and he came and got me didn't know this guy at all right so my sister and my mom come down from north carolina like high speed <laughs> like they are tailing out they get they made it here in like nine hours and it's a 10 hour drive um they get there my sister's a nurse she convinced me to go to the hospital once I get to the hospital, uh, JSO gets involved, and I started yelling and freaking out when JSO walked in. Is it because of what happened with the yeah. first interaction? Yeah. Yeah, and that's pretty much what I started yelling at him about. I was like, I called y'all once. I don't want you in here again. No, y'all said y'all were going to take me to jail. Like, I started freaking out on JSO as soon as they walked in. Um, so her supervisor got called, and his super supervisor got, got called. called and they all ended up coming down. I told them what had happened. Um, and next thing I know, uh, FDLE. Federal Department of Law Enforcement. Comes in. And they start asking me questions. And they pulled up a, a picture on Backpage and asked me if that was one of the girls that Naya was with. And I told them yes. And they ended up arresting Naya at 4 o'clock in the morning. Because they booked that girl. Yeah. So he's in jail now. He's in federal prison. Federal prison. Yeah. For human trafficking. Yeah. And for um for trafficking and for interference of custody. What about kidnapping your daughter? He didn't get charged with kidnapping a minor. Do you got, know how long he got charged or what? No, I don't know. I'm how sorry, long. y'all. I'm I'm jumping over the guest, <laughs> but I'm I'm fucking Um <laughs> The interference of custody. Um and there was another charge that was similar to kidnapping, which was taking us from state to state. Right. Um, and then the interference with custody of a minor that didn't belong to him. Um, that was pretty much the kidnapping charge. Right. So, but he did get charged and found guilty. Mm-hmm. And he's in jail right now. Yes. So fuck that guy. Yes. And may he forever rot. And I hope that somebody in jail right now is doing something to you against your will, Naya. Cause with a brain. Yeah. Or worse. Who yeah. gives a fuck about that guy? Or fork. Yeah. So, Wow. So, um, all of that happens. Do you, what kept you from going back to North Carolina with your mom and sister? Um, so when we went to the hospital, that was, that was a a long deal. I think we were in there like 17 hours, Mm -hmm. um, getting checked over and evaluated and examined. Um, so I wouldn't let them touch my daughter at all. Like I refused. They wouldn't let me see my daughter for a little while. Um, but I wouldn't let them examine my daughter, so they had to let me see her. Right. Um, so we ended up going back to my sister's father's house here in Jacksonville. Me, my daughter, my mom, my sister, um, and my sister's father. We go back. Uh, FDLE comes in, and they tell me they have set me up with a domestic violence shelter in St. Augustine. Um, the first they wanted to keep me in Jacksonville, but FDLE wasn't comfortable with what JSO had, had done uh, to you. Right. Well, shout out to FDLE for giving a fuck. Right. Right. Um, 
So they set me up with a shelter in St. Augustine. And the way that they explained it to me, they explained it to me in a way that the shelter would be able to help me heal from what had happened and be able to start my life So over. this is a victim's shelter? Yes, domestic violence. Right. Um, that's not what happened, though. Um, the shelter was not a great place at all. Um, so, I, But I did stay in that shelter for five months. So you stayed at the shelter instead of going back to North Carolina with your... With my family. With your family. Which because, I wish I would have done. Yeah. And you went to the shelter because you, you were hurt? Well, I was hurt, but JSO and FDLE, like, after talking about it, they both said that the shelter would help me. They said it would help me heal. It would allow, um, it would offer me counseling. Um, it would offer services for me and Allie to get a place of our own. Right. And I knew there was going to be a trial coming up. And you would have had to be here. You would have had to right. come back down. Right. So I agreed to go to the shelter. Because um, you wanted to make sure you were at the trial to make sure this bastard goes to jail. Well, that and also, I mean, look at what I've just gone through. I've been raped. I, I've been punished yeah. so many times. I, uh, I came close to death one time. I, I saw another girl get snatched up off the side of the road. I got injected with something one time. I don't know what it was, but I thought I was dying. My brain felt like it was on fire. I don't know what it was, but it was some sort of punishment for trying to run one time. Um, because apparently this was a, and I quote, sit still position. So if I left the hotel room, I got punished. Wow. Um, so I had just been through all this stuff. And I just, you guys, I just want to be a mom. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I work full time. I've always worked full time. Um, I just want to be a mom. You just want a normal life again. I just want my baby. Yeah. So they said the shelter would help. I'd never been to a shelter. I didn't know what a shelter was about. I understand now. Shout out to all the ladies that are in shelters. I know you're going through it. I know it's hard. Times are tough. But you can make it out of there. You can get your own place. You can do what you're supposed to do. You can take care of your kids. You ladies, you got this. All right. But I do For know sure. shelter life is hard. For sure. That is a hard place to be. Um, but I stayed at that shelter for five months because DCF came in a week after I entered that shelter and took my daughter from me. Wow. And 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 why did they do that? Because I made the decision to go visit Naya. And you went to visit him while he was in prison? No. While he was in custody? No, I went to go visit Naya initially down in South Carolina. Oh, my God. So you're telling me they took your daughter because you went to meet a dude that you met online. Yeah. So your first initial decision to... They said that trafficking was a result of my decision. That's not your fault, though. That's what I told them. But they feel like it's your fault. Yes. So, Bruh Nation, what I want y'all to do right now while we take a minute, and we're almost done here, and Carrie's been amazing to us. She's, she's strong as fuck, y'all. She's strong. And what I want y'all to do right now is just take a minute and think about this. We have a woman who's been through a lot and experienced a lot, and she has the situation where she fought, man, and she got out of there, and we as a people remember 
we run the government. We run the justice system because we vote these people in. We make the decisions. We as a people, as a nation, as a whole, have decided to punish her for something that she had no control over. We have decided to punish her for something that we should be trying to help her. We should be trying to embrace her and make her a better person and make her a whole person. And we're not. We're taking that away from her. So whatever you can do to write your congressman, write your local city council leaders, write your local federal people, um, even if you want to, I don't know, man, if you want to get a lawyer and help carry out, hit me up, podcast at gmail.com and do something because that's not right, y'all. That's that's not right. That's not humanity. That's not what we about. Y'all know that. And that's that's wrong. And you know what, man? Me and Carrie sharing this experience together right now and talking and I'm I, like, I'm so thankful that you talking to me right now and I appreciate you. So much. And I know everybody out there appreciates you sharing your journey with us. This ain't my first human traffic story I've heard. And this ain't my first time also hearing a victim of human trafficking being treated like the criminal. Okay, that's what our problem here is in America, y'all. We treating the victims of human trafficking like criminals. The prostitutes go to jail, but the pimp don't. That happens all the time. We're hurting these women, man. We got to stop this. We got to stop this. So y'all, you know, I didn't mean to interject and cut Carrie off, but it's important that I got that out to y'all because it's not right, man. We, we, we better people than this. What the directions that we're going, the things that we're doing, we got to do better. And we have to, we have to have reform in human trafficking and laws with our laws and the way we treat human trafficking. Yeah. This is scary, y'all. This scary stuff, man. And it happens in every hotel that's around here. For sure. And when you know what? It's innocent, man. I'm going to be honest with you. Everybody listening and all my boys that's listening everything, y'all know we make jokes about back pages and everybody feel like it's all innocent and stuff like that, man. You might have seen Carrie on the back page and thought Carrie was just some prostitute on the back page and listen to what just happened. Yeah. You don't know, dog. And none of the guys that came up they didn't know they didn't know and i'm not i'm pretty sure they wasn't there to make it worse for you and if they and if they did know they might even some of them might have been like you coming with me i'm gonna fight this dude but it's still not it's not right if a woman wants to sell her body and it's her decision that's fine yeah but but don't take my child and make me do something i don't want to do don't yeah that's not forcing someone to do anything against their will is exponentially wrong and too much. And what Carrie shared with us on her journey right now is just, it's just a lot to take in for me, to be honest with y'all. I love Carrie, man. She's good peoples, man. We just really just clown at bottoms up. And I know, cause I'm a talkative person and I've spoken to her a few times and I just knew she had an interesting story. I could see it in the back of her eyeball. I was like, yo, you got a story, man. And I thought she would be good for the first show. Little did I know she would be phenomenal for the first episode, y'all. But if I want y'all to take anything away from this episode before we wrap up, I want y'all to take away these views on human trafficking. And I want y'all to think, man, about this. And we have to help these women, man. It take a village to raise a child. 
But it also take a village to maintain the village. Yeah. These are our women. Don't don't give up on them, man. So that being said, Carrie, let's uh, get back to this story and um, go ahead on and uh, wrap it up. But we'll right. get back and finish it up. So they took your kid because they said you made a decision to go to see Naya in the first place. Yeah. And that's a bad decision. Yeah. So because you're a bad decision making, they took your child. Yeah. So now you're the the exact reason verbatim is my decision making skills were not up to par to be a parent. Wow. And so now where is your daughter? My daughter is in a foster home, a city over from Jacksonville. And I know today I picked you up um, from the avenues, the avenues mall. If you're from Duval, then you know where that is. Carrie, where do you live at? I live on Beach Boulevard. And you know what Carrie does? Carrie, tell everybody what you do every day you're off from work. Um, I'm off the same two days, Mondays and Thursdays, every week since I started my job At in January. Yeah. Um, so I take three buses there and three buses back every day that I'm off. And then when I get to that city, I Uber everywhere. It's it's pretty expensive. Um but I spend as much time as I possibly can, like down to the minute that I have to be back uh, for the bus to get back to Jacksonville. Um, I spend all my time with my daughter as much as I can. So every day that carries off, y'all, she go check out her daughter. And it's a journey to get there because she currently doesn't have a vehicle. Right, it got shot up. And Naya actually shot it up. Naya shot up and her car. And two other guys that was with them. So she doesn't have a yeah. car and stuff like that and you know but she still like she said she just want to be a mom y'all yeah, just, she just want to be normal just want my baby and chill she funny she yeah. cool she sweet peoples you know so you yeah. know that's all man she just want to be a mom man and everything's working towards you getting her back right yeah um now i've had a i've had one little slip back where i got depressed and um wasn't communicating as well as I should have been, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't miss visitation. Um, I've still been there for my daughter. Um, I take her out to eat. I take her to the movies. I take her to the park, to the library, to Dunkin' Donuts. She's learning how to read. The child wants to learn Spanish. Um, she's a sweetheart. It's all yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, excuse me. I mean, she is She is such a good kid, and I'm, I'm doing everything that I can to get her back but when you you come you're brought to a state where you don't know anything you don't know the weather you don't know about the animals you don't know where anything's at you don't know anybody now granted me and my sister's father have not talked since that day so it's not like i got family here that's my sister's father Uh, he met me that one day and that was it right um like i said i spent five months in a dv shelter I got transferred to a safe house for six months. And then when I got my own place, I had a twin size mattress and that was it. No pillows, no blankets, no nothing. Right. And now I have to get that apartment up to par for Allie to come back. You got to go through the gauntlet to get your kid back. Yeah. And you just, and she was taken from you twice. Yeah. By, by, by foreign people against your will. Right. And not only this, d- FIP or DCF I'm working like like day shifts right now okay I was working morning shifts and they didn't like that 
So I started working day shifts. Now they're trying to press on me. They're not saying it's like, like you have to do this, but now they want, want to see me get a Monday through Friday with weekends off job. That's fine. Um, guess what, uh, DCF? Um, I, I know people who want a Monday through Friday with weekends off jobs, and they ain't got that either, and they work on this podcast. So everybody can't just get a Monday through Friday with weekends off job. That's not how right. life works. Life, do- life doesn't work like and, that. And that's not, maybe your skill set isn't up to that. Maybe it is. Who knows? But maybe the opportunity isn't there. Right. You working, you did whatever. Give this lady her, give this lady her kid back. Yeah, that's what you that, need that's to do. <laughs> Even the therapist said the only thing that can trauma my child's not traumatized. She's very healthy. The only thing that bothers Allie is when me and her are separated. Right. And the only thing that could traumatize my daughter is further separation. And that's like the therapist's words. And we're doing that, y'all. The the the, the nation, America, Duval County, Florida, we're causing that trauma in a family that we need to heal you know so but i got confidence in you carrie thanks you super strong um you're a beautiful person inside and out thank you and i appreciate you so much for doing this i know it was hard thanks anthony no man i mean i, I love the experience i appreciate and, um, you man no it was it was it was a journey man and like i told all of y'all out there bro nation what we're going to do these and they're not going to be every week y'all but it has to be a story that i think will help people yeah this story helps people on so many levels for so many different things i hope it will i hope i hope somebody out there like even if you're not going through something if you know somebody and you feel like they're going through something hold on to that like 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 find out what's going on be there for them because eventually they're going to talk eventually you can only go through just so much as a person and ladies and gentlemen if you have a gut feeling that something's wrong don't don't damn yourself for that like hold on to that feeling don't don't think there's anything wrong with you because you think something's wrong follow that instinct that's what god gave us that gift for um say whatever you want carrie <laughs> <laughs> carrie's like oh my god i said god on your show <laughs> yeah she know me so well and she only yeah she only been talking to me forever but no no yeah. dude, you're right you're right but no. but yeah when y'all see something going on man like step up and do something there were so many times that i wish that somebody would have just grabbed me an alley and taken me back home like i know that never would have actually happened but in my fantasy world that's all i wanted to happen i just want me and my daughter back together i want somebody to take something to take us home like when you see when you see things going on if even if it's in your own household if it's happening to your neighbor's child something do something about it do Do something. something create some awareness create a cause talk to that person keep talking to that person something until you can make it better she's right y'all that's that's our job man as a community as a people man don't turn the blind eye to your brother man don't turn the blind eye to your sister we out here together we all on this ball floating through space together man and and it can happen to you it can happen to you because you know what man when y'all sitting there and you thinking well i'm never gonna get caught in sex trafficking or never what da 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 Carrie is just somebody I met on a humbug mm-hmm. and look at her story man yeah look at her story man so 
Carrie, man, again, just thank you for sharing your journey, man. And Thanks, best Anthony. of luck to getting your daughter back. And oh, I will get her back. Absolutely. And we we at bro nation and bro listen podcast man i'm you know i got your back you can hit me up yeah and um yeah anything you need and if y'all want to um just send me some love for carrie um as far as like if you want to say something to her tell her thank you or whatever you can um email me at bro listen podcast at gmail.com you can go to our facebook and you can comment on um one of the links that i share with this story um and also you could just reach out to us in general and uh with uh, instagram twitter whatever you know we everywhere y'all and just let me know um and i'll relay it to carrie because i see her like all the time so yeah. i can show her so and remember man we want to lift carrie up man we don't want her to be down because um she fighting with depression and yeah. She shared that with y'all and um I know a lot of y'all out there, including myself, have fought with it before and maybe fighting with it now and we all want to lift each other up, man. So y'all wanna lift her up with some encouraging words, man. Go ahead. Hit us up, man. Let us share it, man, and, and we'll we'll get it to her, man. And it, it it's gonna be good moments and then I'm gonna keep y'all filled in with Carrie. I will let y'all know right away. As soon as she's reunited with her daughter and on her way back up to North Carolina yes. to have a coal truck, a dirt road, screen door, and a pickup. That's my music <laughs> right there or whatever. So, um, I love she, it. She can That's go perfect. back to being her Southern Belle. But Carrie, man, thank you so much. Thanks, Anthony. For this. No, thank you. And Bruh Nation, thank you guys for listening and checking out the first episode, which was freaking incredible, of Bruh Listen to My Story. So... As we say all the time, all power to the people. Peace.